What's up, everybody? It's Lee. Some of you guys might know me as Intuition, and you're tuned into Kind of Neat. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, it is appreciated. This week on the show, we have an old buddy of mine that you guys have been asking for forever. So, uh, you know, I'm happy to announce that Dumbfounded is going to be on the show this week, which you probably already know because you read the title and I'm stupid. But uh, first and foremost, follow me on Twitter at It's Intuition. Follow my man behind the boards, Ben Shim, at I am database based with two S's. You can follow us on Twitter as a unit at that's kind of neat. Facebook.com slash kind of neat. YouTube.com slash that's kind of neat. And everything wrapped up together in a pretty package at kind of neat dot net. Uh, I was talking to my friend Adam the other day online. Adam is a dude that I met my freshman year of college. I went to University of Alaska Fairbanks for my first year on an academic scholarship. I'm not trying to brag or anything, but I'm pretty smart. I went on an academic scholarship. And so, um, it was a transitional time in technology, you know, uh, iPads and iPods and iPhones weren't quite there yet. I mean, cell phones weren't even really a thing then. I'm that old. Uh, but that year I did get my first laptop. I grew up, uh, you know, I've always been a man that likes to enjoy his time in the office. You know, that office with like the, the note paper on a roll to your right hand side, you know, the throne, some people call it the throne, but yeah, I like to sit and take my time while I'm handling my business. And, uh, I grew up always being a reader. So I used to keep like, you know, we either had highlights or reader's digest, or my dad would have a random Stephen King book sitting around that I might read, but I was always a reader and that, that made me a uh, very patient while I was handling my biz. And then I got my first laptop in my freshman year in college. And I remember a lot of the guys in my dorm would clown on me because I used to go into the bathroom and I would take my laptop and some headphones. And it was when Napster was first really big. So like I would fucking download a bunch of music from Napster. And then I would just go sit on the toilet and play solitaire or free cell and listen to music the whole time. They'd be like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, yeah, man, I'm chilling. This is how I handle biz. I'm fucking chilling. And, uh, Lo and behold, by the end of the year, it became a thing like where all the dudes on my floor, they would just go in there and they were taking their laptop and they were chilling and they're like, that's not such a bad idea. It's like that uh, Seinfeld episode where like George Costanza takes in a book uh, into the toilet. It's like a $500 book at a Borders or something and like you can't take that in the toilet. You have to buy that now. If it's your own property, it doesn't matter if it goes in the bathroom with you like the shit particles are only getting on your own shit. So it doesn't matter. But yeah, so I used to like to do that. And I just think it's crazy that nowadays technology has advanced so much that it went from like me taking a laptop to now I can do all the same shit on an iPhone because I literally like download books, put them on my iPhone, got podcasts, headphones, uh, you know, music, video games, like much more advanced video games than free sell too. shout out to plants versus zombies Two, come at me. I don't think you could fuck with me on it truthfully, but yeah, so it's awesome. Technology is awesome because it's made fucking shitting way more fun to just take your laptop. I mean, you should just take your phone on the, sh- on the shitter. That's terrible. But yeah, dumbfounded. We had him on. And I know that a lot of you guys think that, Oh, intuition and dumbfounded have beef and all this. And like, truthfully, that was never the case. Like we're just not people to put our business out, uh, in the air like that, but we've always been friends and have remained friends. And, uh, you know, so this is a chance to kind of let you guys see that and be in the same room again or be in the same room at the same time. And we just played a show together on Sunday. Thank you guys so much for coming out. It was fucking awesome. Mike, James, me, Dumb, we all had a great time. And I think a lovely time was had by all. But yeah, so John's going through a transitional period right now. He's going through, he's changing his name. 
Uh, he's now known as Parker, which is why it says Parker on the title of this, not dumbfounded. It says Parker. I have to remind myself of that. So I remember to write it when I post this. But yeah, <laughs> he's going through a transitional phase. He's changing his name. Um, it's a new time in his life. And I think we talk about that a little bit. We talk about where we're trying to go. We talk a lot about his past, which is very interesting. And the one common theme that always runs through this podcast with successful people is hard work. And I think we talk about, you know, a lot of John's hard work over the time that he's been doing this. And I think it was an interesting conversation. And I I learned some stuff that I didn't know about him, even though I've known him for quite a while. And so I think you guys will enjoy yourselves. And, um, you know, I've never really aired out anything about what happened with Knox City. And I still don't think that I am going to. I'm not going to right now. That's for certain. But we both do mention that neither of us are associated with Knox City anymore. So when you guys hit us up and ask us, how can we be signed to Knox City or like, you know, this, that and the other, like we don't really have any help for you in that matter. The most I will say is that things didn't end well with me and Knocksteady, but that has nothing to do with Jonathan. I wish them the best and I learned a lot from them. And so, yeah, I don't know. Without any further ado, we're going to get in the conversation with my man, Parker, formerly known as Dumbfounded, whom I know as Jonathan, who used to be known as Chino. Here's the conversation. <laughs> Yeah. What's up, Ben? I like your shirt, bro. What's up, bro? What's Just up? like old times. Hey, that, that reminds me. What's up, Ben? Like we were t- talking about, I'll fight you. I love when people like shout out Ben in the videos, yeah. you know, like it's so funny. Like Mike last week was like, yo, Ben, it's pitch day. <laughs> that shit's tight. Uh, anyhow, what's up, man? That's a nice shirt. Thank you, bro. Where'd you get it? Lifted anchors. This, these kids who just make some cool shit. Yeah. They gave me their whole collection. Are they so in New York? Like, no, they're here. Yeah, people love giving you collections. I'm like, uh, like people that I'm friends with, they don't give me their collection. They're like, let's give John the collection because if he Instagrams it, people will buy it. No, it's it's funny. I, I feel like it's not even really fully worth giving me a whole collection because <laughs> like they don't realize the return is not that great. Right, like, right. But still, I appreciate it and I will wear it in videos. But yeah, I, I'm I looking at you, Serp and fucking Alex. Give me some clothes. Yeah, I love their shit. Their shit is so funny, man. I, I feel like the ain't nobody cool thing is a really good idea. I love it. Dude. Like their line is really clever. It's so, so fucking weird. <laughs> I it's love weird it, and it's awesome and like the it's very relevant to what's happening yeah. right now and it's funny. I, I just feel, like those dudes, man. Cool. Everybody wants to start a t-shirt company nowadays, just like everybody wants to be a rapper, and it's mm-hmm. it, and the the chances of it working are about equal. Yeah, like it's very pipe dreamy. No, it's tough, yo. I mean, they didn't. I mean, like we did that similar thing, and we actually was pretty successful. It was doing good. It was doing. I good. mean, we were pretty successful for you know us not knowing really. Yeah, we just for that what was it like was. A, yeah, we didn't. We weren't coming from the street where we're holding yeah, shit. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I'm not at what. We that were just coming from these streets. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So what have you been up to, man? You're going through a name change right now. Let's yeah. let's hit that on the head first. Oh, Cause okay. all, everybody, people on my Facebook ask me about your name change constantly. And I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't know either. Really. I mean, really it's like, I obviously, you know, when you see me doing, putting Parker on all my titles and stuff, like you think like, Oh yeah, this dude's like conflicted and shit yeah which i am man like the name thing has always kind of been a thing with me um, well i've always said that like a name change always seems like a last ditch effort and so that's what scares me about it is like what do you mean it seems like, uh, the, like it seems like that i'm out of ideas 
No, I don't think so. I, yeah. I don't think so. I'm very confident with like what I'm trying to put out. My, I'm always have future projects in mind and shit yeah. like that. It's it's just something that I I want to start doing now. And I'm I haven't really. I was kind of easing into it for months. Like mm. if you if you saw my screen names and stuff, I, I had it as Parker without any explanation. Mm. You know, and I, I was just slowly doing it. But my main thing is like, yeah, first of all, like. I always felt like Dumbfounded was like kind of like a super long name. Same as intuition. I hate my rap name. I, I, you see, for some reason, I don't see it as bad with yours for some reason. Mm. Like, I, I just, it just sounds like kind of cool to me. But like Dumbfounded, like if you shorten Dumbfounded, yeah. it's dumb, first of all. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, to me, I kind of got used to it when people call me dumb. Yeah. But still, it's like. It's you are kinda... a man of many names. When I met you, you were Chino. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was your real name because <laughs> I'm not from L.A. and I didn't realize it was just some slang for a fucking Asian person. Well, I've had a lot of things like Korean Jesus, old boy John, like little things like that. Well, those but... are all names that you gave to yourself, so they don't count. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Chino was just some like real yeah. like. Chino was a real like, I'm from name. I'm from Los Angeles and people call me that because I'm Korean. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, you know, but even that, if you think about it, it's crazy. Like I literally went by Chino all my life, bro. Yeah. And then, and then like, I don't even, it's so weird when somebody calls me Chino now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I don't feel like it's so crazy with Parker either, but I don't know. I like Parker because I used to like that show Parker Lewis. Can't yeah, lose. yeah, I know. <laughs> Were you down with that? Yeah, me, nah, I, I knew about it. I wasn't. I didn't know much about it, but I like Mike's been hitting me with that. I'm like, okay, I don't know what that means. I love that show. It was kind of, Parker Lewis was kind of like a Zach Morris type dude. Okay. He was like Zach Morris mixed with Inspector Gadget, kind of like he had this okay. fucking. He was a cool guy that had a trench coat that had all kinds of like cool shit in it that would like right. get him out of trouble. You should go back. Kind of like Data. I mean, yes, yeah. very exactly. So yeah. you are the you I'm are the, you are the Korean Parker. <laughs> you are Data. I am Data. Yeah, yeah. There's I am Data Base back there. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> there he is. Good old Ben. <laughs> you know what I love about Korean people is Korean moms always have gadgets, and so when it was really hot during the summer, Ben's mother uh, gave him this pad where you sit on it, and the pressure makes it cold. So like he was sitting on a butt chiller basically, oh but it's God. like when you're just when it's just there, it's normal temperature, and it doesn't turn cold until you apply pressure to it. And I was like, wow, man, Korean people, where that do they is, get where do they get all these wonderful toys? Those are definitely Korean gifts, <laughs> and they'll try to relate it to. How it's like good for your body somehow. Like it's good to keep your ass cold. Like, you know. um, so yeah, you are Korean, but you have an interesting story. Where like, I mean, you've talked about this all the time, but I want to touch on it briefly. Your mom coyoted you across the border as a child. Yeah, yeah. My mom is a G. So how did your parents end up in Argentina, anyways? My grandparents on my mom's side moved to Argentina when she was a teenager. Uh, I guess there was a huge immigration at the time there to South America either for work or something. Yeah. And then uh, my mom was probably around 14, 15 years old, and then she just grew up there. Really? Yeah, she grew up there. Um, I mean, I kind of see that with her personality, too, because she's, like, really adventurous and, like, she she's very youthful. Yeah. And, like, um, yeah, she's mad cool. And uh, my dad went there when— She loves carnival. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the feathers and all shit. No, yeah. she she goes down. Uh, I mean, um, my dad went down to Argentina in his early twenties. Yeah, for like the same reason, like business or work or something. And he just met my mom. So there's there. a big Korean population in Argentina. There is. That's crazy. There is. There's all over South America. There's Asians everywhere, you know, first of all. But there's neighborhoods of Asians in South America. No like, shit. My uncle and aunt, they're all from Paraguay. Um, which is right there by Argentina. So they all like spread across like uh, South America. Like That's my crazy. grandpa is still in Argentina. You right go down now. there and visit ever? I don't, man. And I, I'm really like sad about that. Like he's there with my uncle and they live together. And uh, 
yeah, man, my, you know, and I don't really know my uncle that well, you know, but he's like, it's your mom's brother, or your dad's, my, brother? my mom's younger brother. Yeah. And he, you know, like he's been through a lot of shit. He's been alone for a long time. He's never had like a girlfriend or anything, but he just plays the guitar all day. Like it's, it's a trip. You that know, it sounds like saying? a sad movie to write. Yeah. <laughs> but it's crazy, man. My, you figure the guitar would get him some pussy. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, I've been trying to move out my grandpa and my uncle out to the States for a long time, you yeah. know what I'm saying? But, like, they just don't want to leave. They're just there, you uh, know? My sister went and visited, yeah. and, like, she was like, whoa, it's a trip. Like, you know, she got to know my uncle, and she's like, oh, he's the coolest. Like, I, that makes I'm, I'm planning a trip with my sister next year to go yeah. down there, so it's going to be cool. Your sister's awesome. Yeah, she, she is. She is so cool. She is the coolest And, chick. like, she has the most hood tattoos. I love that oh shit. Oh, my gosh. I, I just, like, you don't have no idea. Every time she posts a picture of a new, uh, of a new tattoo on Facebook, I just put, like, SMH. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's my response every time on Facebook, bro. Like, well, I mean, like, she's got, like, legit tattoos that, like, are some, I've been wanting this and now I have it. And they're not designer tattoos. Like you got a designer tattoo. Your chest is a designer tattoo. You got that rock shit. Yeah, no, my <laughs> my, my whole thing about tattoos. I, I don't. You know, when people get tattoos, it's fine. And I never judge anybody for tattoos. You As know? you shouldn't. I don't. But like, there's some shit that my sister has. <laughs> That brings like the conservativeness out of me that I'm just like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> like, oh, uh, does she have like a big, like, she has like California tattooed across her stomach? She or has something? Los Angeles tattooed oh, yeah, across her chest with downtown city landscape behind Hell Los Angeles, yeah. dude. Like, Your sister's like a Korean chola. Yeah, I mean, it's super tight. In a sense, she's really cooler than me and technically has cooler tattoos than me if you really think about it. Like, she yeah. just does not give a yeah. fuck. And, like, it's very L.A. She's more L.A. than people who try to get L.A. tattoos because she's getting it from fools who are, like, really L.A. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, James and I were talking about that. Like, your sister's just so genuine. You know what I'm saying? Like, she is what she is. She's mad cool. Yeah, so she went down to Argentina and had a good time or what? Yeah, like, you know, she literally was like, I'm just going to go down there, like, save money. This is when she was, like, working at Whole Foods for, uh-huh. like, a long ass time. And she, that's all she was doing. She was just, like, stacking chips. And then going on a trip somewhere. Like, she'll go, like, to India by herself. She worked in the chip section? <laughs> the peanut chip section. <laughs> no, like, she'll literally just stack and, like, just take these trips on her own. Like, imagine going to India fucking alone, bro. Like, that's intense, Yeah, dude. that's crazy. Why, so, wait, why is your uncle lonely? Like, what's what's up with him? He's got some, he, like... He, he has, like, a uh, like a brain thing. He's a little uh, slower and yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. so... But he's been with my grandpa... Uh, he's been there living with my grandpa for, like, a long time. He's an older dude, yeah. but he's, he's a little bit slower Grandma passed or something? Uh, yeah, my grandma passed, uh, like, I don't know, like five to seven years ago or something Word. like that. And, yeah. um, yeah, my grand, I've always been super close to my South American, um, you know, uh, grandpa and stuff. When he used to come visit the States, LA and shit, like he was just like mad cool, super always trying to learn English. Like his Spanish was crazy. Um, you know? Yeah. So your mom, like she speaks Spanish and Korean, right? Yeah, my mom, you know, she her Spanish is crazy. Like, and her English isn't that good. No, no. Like, when, you know, my dad, too. My dad speaks Spanish and Korean. Yeah. Um, but they're, both of their English is not, like, that crazy because they're in L.A. Yeah. You, know, in LA, you don't really have to. Yeah, well, yeah. Particularly in Koreatown, you can survive on Spanish and Korean. Right, right. Yeah. And my dad and my mom, they were doing business in downtown with mm-hmm. wholesale and stuff, which mm-hmm. is, like, really common for a lot of Korean uh, people in K-Town. They work wholesale in downtown where they sell, like, cheap 
toys and shit like jewelry for like um you know wholesale price and right stuff. like your dad worked in like the doll section he's still that? there he's, he's in the toy district the toy district yeah, yeah right. and um they do wholesale business stuff and over there it's just all dealing with latinos yeah like you know and there's koreans there who do the wholesale business but the the consumers are mainly latino so mm. so he's selling like uh, bootleg toys like robot cop instead um, of robocop yeah dude when i when i you know i grew up always being at my dad's store because you know they never have we never, like Asians don't have babysitters bro we yeah, don't have yeah. like a babysitter right. we just go to work with them and shit yeah. so we're there and uh, I remember when, when I was growing up I would just you know be there help them out and stuff they would have uh, bootleg Teletubbies because yeah. that was cracking at the time Yeah, Spice Girls dolls yeah, <laughs> and like uh Pokemon stuff and um, it was this was all like it was crazy that like downtown would have raids from like the dudes who regulate all the the bootleg shit oh no shit and they would just swipe just mad shit they're like we're getting rid of all your smell of tubbies yeah there were times where I remember like other stores were getting raided and we'd get a call like yo they're coming blah 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 and just hide everything we would help like move everything to the back warehouse and shit shit. like it was crazy they're like quick hide all the pumpkin spice girls (laughs) yeah it was (laughs) <laughs> it was crazy, man. The bootleg toys, but they would sell. I remember. Yeah, that's crazy. So you uh, you're growing up in K Town. I mean, at the time at, when you were a kid, K Town's pretty hood. At the time, it wasn't starting to get gentrified yet, or what? Yeah, I mean, you know, downtown. I mean, K Town. I never c- considered K Town to be really hood, like South Central hood. Yeah, but. Like, as I got older and stuff, I was like, it's kind of hood because as I started really going to other places, yeah. you know, like South Central and like places like that could be really hood. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like I thought K-Town wasn't that hood. But when I compared it to actually other neighborhoods, I was like, this shit is kind of hood. Yeah, like, oh, I mean, like I live in Culver City. Right, and when I drive too. through K-Town, it's like it seems much more fucking hood right. than, you know, like when you're driving down Alvarado, that's like. Yeah, you know the, when, when the shops are set up on the side sidewalk and shit, it oh, looks yeah. like you're driving through Tijuana or something. There's definitely hood elements, man. I, I would say, like you know, I mean, when I grew up in K Town, I you know what's funny? When I was younger, I didn't grow up with a lot of Korean kids. You know, the funny thing about Koreatown, a lot of the Koreans don't even come from Koreatown itself. They're coming from Glendale, like you know, a valley, like, and they just party in Koreatown because it's the biggest Korean neighborhood. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. the kids who come from Koreatown are grimy, bro. Yeah. Like, I know, we, we all know each other when we go out to K-Town, and there's only a selected few that actually live, like, down the street. Yeah. <laughs> and those fools are, like, hood, bro. <laughs> the Korean thugs. Yeah, they're, they're hood, man. And no, like, you can spot them out when you're at a bar in K-Town, right, too, I feel like, because right. they're not as clean cut as the ones coming from Glendale and shit. It's a trip, man. It's definitely a trip. Like, it's cool. Like, when I grew up in K-Town, town it was a lot of the the kids on my block a lot of latino kids um random black kids yeah um one like native american dude for some reason he was there <laughs> he was in the mix um and then i got older and i kind of partaked in the the nightlife culture because i think k-town is more about the nightlife yeah. and you can't really enjoy that until you get a little older yeah korean nightlife is fucking pretty crazy i've experienced that secondhand through you yeah. and it is very yeah. different yeah, uh, there's bitches. There are, and I mean, you can fucking smoke inside, and you can stay out until six if you want to. Yeah, it's true. It's crazy. It's it's been trill. Uh, <laughs> I said it's true. But. Oh, it's true, <laughs> but it is trill as well. Um, didn't you say like you used to go to like an elementary school, and you just always it was just a very hood elementary school or something, or like high, like you went to a scary high school and shit. Yeah, I mean, high school. My high school was like uh, I went to Belmont High School. What was elementary school like for you? Elementary was all right. I went to Laurel Elementary and Laurel Elementary. I forgot what area it is. I want to say it's around the Fairfax area because yeah. there was a lot of Russian kids. Yeah. Like and like, 
I think Jewish kids. Like Orthodox Jews and shit. Yeah, but it was a public school. But I just remember there was a lot of Russian kids for some reason. I forgot what area it is. I got to look it up. It's yeah. Laurel. I mean, Elementary. that sounds about right. If it's Fairfax, it? Okay. it has a big like Russian population. Yeah, I mean, that was just, I mean, to me, I didn't think of it anything like that. Did uh, you ever like school? Man, um, you know, honestly, I'm not gonna lie. I don't think I ever liked school. Honestly, yeah. I look back even to elementary and middle school. I did really well um, t- up until like seventh grade. <laughs> it was just like downhill from there for some reason. Yeah, like I didn't graduate on stage in middle school. Oh, really? Yeah, like I got in trouble like fucking right before my graduation. Because what, what age did you drop out? I dropped out in the end of tenth grade. End of tenth grade. Yeah, because I always used to clown like, oh, dove out of can't read and shit like that. Like, what, were were you a good student as a kid when I was younger? Elementary to middle school, and yeah. then um, I can tell you right now, and even in elementary and middle school, I could I remember I didn't really like school that much. I yeah. liked it for certain reasons. I liked it that I could participate and just like crack a joke. In I was class. gonna ask, were you already like a class clown even as a kid when I was in fucking elementary? I was. I remember I was a class clown. Yeah, dude. I was a super class clown and attention whore a little like when i see those kids now like yeah. the ones that wild out like look at me look at me i get annoyed as shit and yeah. i was that kid dude yeah. like i was that kid like i have a specific memory of of like the first time i recognized that i like really cracked a good joke yeah like do you have like a memory of like when you're like oh shit like cracking jokes is my shit i've just made everybody laugh yeah in classrooms i remember yeah. like i would participate like when they would ask a question i raise my hand and then they choose me and i just they're like a joke or something. Yeah. Everybody laughed and my teacher was just like not so amused. Yeah. She was not amused, yeah, bro. Yeah. And yeah, and then, you know, I would always get these speeches from teachers like, yo, you know, like, Jonathan, you're smart, but you know, you have potential, but you just don't, you know, like one of those things. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Uh where did you ever participate in like clubs or anything like that in school? Did you play sports? You're, I, you're very unathletic. <laughs> you are very unathletic. I should have. Well, asked you know this. what's funny in middle school, I I was actually like I I was into basketball a lot. You yeah. know what I mean? So like during nutrition and lunch and stuff, we would always play basketball. Yeah. And I was never really that good. I'll I tell know. you that much. I could tell. But uh, <laughs> but I was. I mean, I was into skateboarding. I was into basketball. I was never good at shit. But I was. I was. I was actually like into athletic stuff. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I was never good at it. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. But I was actually into like you know i wasn't like always like not wanting to do physical activity like even now like i don't mind doing hiking or running like i like walking fucking long distances and shit like yeah you know i used to run to the fucking office and shit bro <laughs> you get you get these harebrained ideas where you're like dude i'm gonna start jogging to the office every day and then you do it like three days and you're like never mind yeah that's true <laughs> I, I do get excitable and i don't follow through often that's true <laughs> oh yeah ben used to start giving me rides from my house when i was like when i just gave up on the running idea yeah. I was like, yo, pick me up. He's like, aren't you going to run? Uh, nah. He, like, drop me off two blocks away and I'll pretend that I ran. <laughs> Fuck off. Um, so, like, were you? Just, did you start getting in trouble as a kid or what? Yeah, did I you mean. skip school? Did you ever do the school skipping? Oh, my God. I did so much school, man. Yeah. I, I definitely, and this started in middle school. Like, What would you guys do? Because, you see, like, middle school, they started busing me out to the Valley because all the L.A. schools were packed. Mm. So they would start busing out L.A. kids to the Valley schools. So every morning we would go to the, this bus stop, like down the street from my house to, to get an hour bus ride to the fucking valley. Mm-hmm. So, you know, my parents, they dropped my parents, not, they wouldn't even drop us off. We just walked to the bus stop in the morning and we could just pretty much do whatever we want because our parents aren't there. You know what I'm saying? As long as we fucking miss the bus, we could just ditch, mm-hmm. you know, and me and my sister, we would be ditching. <laughs> Where would you guys go? 
uh, we would actually just come right back to our house. Oh, because your folks are at work? They'd go to work, and then we would just literally wait until, like, a certain time they would go to work, and we'd just come back home and just stay <laughs> home all day. And dude. then pretend that you had just gotten home when they get home? Or yeah, what? there was some crazy moments where I remember my dad just unexpectedly came back, and <laughs> we ran to the closet, and we just stayed there for, like, hours. Until, <laughs> like, it was crazy. Because my dad was scary, yo. Like, if he knew, we would have been. Yeah. It was, it was crazy. Yeah, you've talked about it on your songs. Like, dad was a bit of a drinker or what? Oh, my dad, yeah. He was, he, you know, it's crazy. He was definitely a scary man growing up. You know, like, it was crazy. I, like, with my parents, I've never seen them really happy together growing up since we were little. Like, mm-hmm. we were always like, what the fuck? How did these two even meet and shit? Yeah. Like, um, yeah, I mean, it was crazy. It was like a stressful household to kind of come up in. And that, I think that kind of sparked the rebelliousness with me and my little sister. Mm-hmm. Like, I was bad, but my sister took it, like, times two when she was going through her rebellious teenager yeah. phase. You know what I mean? Like, it was crazy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So Korean parents are, are are generally known as very strict. Would you say your dad was even stricter than normal or what? Yeah. I mean, my dad was definitely uh, up there, regular, like, um, strict you know asian parent i mean he was strict in a different way like a lot of asian parents could be strict and actually like really like on it like they'll send you to the uh programs after school sat like positive reinforcement yeah that kind of shit my dad was more like he didn't know what to do he wasn't really like a great parent like in a sense where he wanted to care but he's always gone you know work and shit he comes back and he has a drinking problem so like the only way he knew how to handle that is like being loud and violent and shit like that you know yeah you had a heavy hand or what yeah 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 yeah. that you know that was like a crazy experience and you know there was a lot of shit with my mom and my dad like violent stuff and crazy fights where cops came through oh no shit a lot of shit like you know i've seen brutal fights i don't want to go into it because like i'm you know i have a good relationship with my dad now and stuff but You know, through his drinking phase, he was a very violent man, you know? Like belts on you and shit like that? Oh, yeah, like, you know, bloody shit. Like Really? Yeah. Was there a moment that you kind of put your foot down on that? Like, nah, you're not going to touch me no more? Or did it just kind of fade away? I mean, it it wasn't even about me. Like, I, you know, whatever. Like, I can take ass whoopings, you know what I'm saying? That wasn't a big deal. But it was like with my mom. Like, my mom went through some crazy shit with my dad. Like, I saw shit that it was not, it was just, it was beyond really just like, slapping right. a girl like it was some crazy it got really intense where i was i couldn't take that shit no more yeah. and my sister was pretty young uh so i don't think she remembers much but definitely she, you know she's seen that shit and then after years like it took years for me to really get fixed that relationship with my dad yeah like i i could not forgive him for a long even my sister my sister definitely couldn't forgive him for a long time yeah but we finally in, in the last few years was able to kind of um you know fix that relationship yeah um yeah man it was crazy fucking nuts what age did they split up uh they split what, like, how old were you when they split up probably around 13 or 14 years old yeah and you stayed uh in the apartment with mom my mom uh, moved out on her own and um at that time she was crazy struggling because she she pretty much just had to take any kind of bullshit minimum wage job because like she literally had a thing with my like my dad was pretty much kind of taking care of her you know she he had the store and everything but she just had to leave and she you know like that was a tough situation because she left and she couldn't even take care of us. Like, it's not like she could take us with her, you know what I'm saying? Because she could barely keep a roof over yeah, her head. Yeah, exactly. So, and and there was like a crazy time when my, my dad didn't even want me to talk to my mom. So we had to like call her like on her own. Like, it was wow. crazy. Yeah, it, yeah. Was, it was crazy. And eventually that got fixed and, you know, we were able to f- figure that, that situation out. I mean, when she left, did your dad realize like, oh man, I'm, I'm kind of fucking up. Like, I should clean my act up or anything like that? No, nah, it was one of those things where, you know, 
with Korean parents, there's a lot, a lot of prideful things. Like they, you know, they've been split up for years now, yeah. and they're they're not, they're not divorced or anything. Like, oh, really? No, like they don't. You know that, and that has a lot to do with Korean stuff too. There's a lot of pride there. Like my dad couldn't accept that. Like they're split up, even. You know yeah. what I'm saying? He was for a long time was just like, "Yo, just come back." Yeah. Not even a sincere way. Come back. Like, yo, what are you doing? Just like get, get your, your ass, ass over here. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah come yeah. back. What are you doing? Like. Yeah. So that that was the situation for a super long time. And like, you know, it's just crazy. It was like a lot of crazy shit where and then eventually me and my sister, we literally moved out on our own. Like, you know, when me and my little sister were living together for like when I was like 18. I remember that. That's around when I met you and you already had an apartment with your sister. And that was a time coffee. Yeah, I think that was a way where like my dad at the time was like, you know, helping out. He was paying a rent. That was kind of his way of like. You know, he didn't know how to be a good parent, so he was just like, "Here, go stay on your own. I'll pay the rent." You know, what I mean, make sure you guys are fed and shit. But yeah, um, so that was like a phase where me and my sister we were going through, we were being really bad. You know, what I'm saying that's when we were like really well. So out. if you were 18, she must have been what 15, 16, 16. Yeah. yeah, and so she's still in high school, but living in her own apartment. Yeah, I mean, my sister too. She kind of low key dropped out because she started going to continuation school. You know, mm. what I'm saying like yeah. she was going to continuation like. You know, she eventually, like, it was, like, more of, like, a GED thing, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, from there, you know, she went to community college. She's been doing the school thing. And now, you know, she's graduated. And, like, yeah. So by the time that you were talking about, like, oh, one time my dad came home and we hid in the closet, mom was already gone at that point? She was working. Okay. So when you get to high school, that's what you you went to a bad high school. Yeah. What was high school like when you got there? Belmont High School that I went to first was, that shit was 90 nine percent latino really like it was crazy bro yeah. like it i don't know if you've ever seen belmont um high school passing by it's maybe when you go down beverly like towards downtown you see that big mural with dinosaurs and like the uh, oh yeah, yeah that's the school oh okay. so that's the school in there and it's it like it looks like a prison doesn't it, it looks straight up like a prison yeah. bro i remember like literally at lunchtime the bell would ring and you know Everybody was on the fucking lunch program. Yeah. You could go wait in line and you won't get to the front to get your lunch until the bell rings for the next class. Bro. Wow. Like it was crazy. Um, and, you know, all these young like 18 street kids, MS kids, like little ninth graders with like 18 streets had it on their necks, get bro. Get the fuck out. That shit was crazy, bro. I saw some crazy fights there. But um, it was cool because I grew up a Latino. So I, I already had like friends there. You, wait, time out. You grew up Latino. No, you, I, like, I grew up with Latinos. Yeah. You're like, it was cool because I grew up Latino. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, literally the few Asian kids that went to that school were like exchange students, bro. Like they all barely spoke any English. Like, I don't know how they ended up in that school. Did the um, kind of like attention seeking and smart acidness get even stronger then to keep yourself like away from getting on people's bad sides? Um, yeah, I mean, dude, yeah, I, I would definitely say my, you know, uh, my just talking skills got me out of a lot of ass whoopings. Well, that's what I was going to say. Like if you're in a tough place and you're not like naturally a tough person, not to say that you're not a tough person, (laughs) but you're kind of small, you're frail. (laughs) But like, you know, oftentimes you, you have to cope in other ways. And if you're a good talker and you're charming, you got to get yourself out of shit by cracking jokes, you know? So I'm sure you like mastered a lot of material there. Everybody has the defense mechanisms, you know, and that was definitely my shit. You know what I'm saying? I, I definitely, you know, was cracking jokes, being witty and shit. And I, you know, I, I knew how to deal with so many different ethnicities. You know what I'm saying? I think the last type of group of people that I really learned how to interact with was white people, actually. 
And and even I helped you with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like you, like you're very socially aware. You know what I'm saying? Which is dope because like you know I come from the battle rap world, mm. and you can tell when motherfuckers don't know shit about cultures because they sound blatantly racist. Right. You know they, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. We've seen we've gone. It's to not grind, like clever racist. Yeah, we've gone to grind time events where we've seen dudes from like the Midwest or different areas that might not have been around. Yeah. Different cultures that when they try to diss a culture, it comes off straight up racist. Right. Like they don't know how to make fun of a exactly. Culture, other than just saying beaner, exactly. which is like exactly. terrible. Exactly. It's like whereas you might take an angle about like the d- various different salsas, right? You know, what I mean? <laughs> like the green sauce versus the, the red sauce. That's the, that's very informed exactly. about culture. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that's how you get them on your side too. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Were there any close calls in high school where you like really had to talk yourself out of ass whooping? Oh yeah, man. I mean, I think one thing is I I don't know when to shut up sometimes too. Yeah. So I just keep keep poking at it until you know it starts gets into a fight. You know what I'm saying? Right, and right. and I I don't know. Like generally, I've never really, you know, I never was like someone who's just seeking out any kind of violent shit. I always felt like I was a nice dude. You know what I'm saying? But I I definitely talk shit all the fucking time. You're you know? a ribber. You, you can ri- you rib people. You, <laughs> you razz them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you've been there. You know, yeah, we, for like certain. we're we're similar in a sense where we we talk about shit and we're like very unfiltered. Sometimes we yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah. Too opinionated, maybe. Yeah, too too opinionated. Yeah, I mean, I remember a very specific moment in my life in fourth grade. These two fifth graders like were walking home, and for some reason, like I think one of their girlfriends had said that I was cute or something, and they were like, like, yo, we're gonna beat you up. And then I just remember just talking and talking and talking and like making them laugh and cracking jokes and then by the end of the thing I said well you see what I did right and they're like what and I'm like you guys are laughing and now you don't want to fight me no more and they were like oh man that's fucked up <laughs> and then that's what <laughs> and then I was like and then I realized like oh shit I can get myself out of some trouble with this yeah. you know what I mean yeah. so uh, yeah I mean really essentially your whole career has kind of been based off the fact that you are charming and witty and, and funny essentially and like the rap career started to take off because in the battles you took a different angle where right. it was with funny shit and then eventually you delved into a little bit of comedy you just sketch work etc etc which you know they always say like sad clowns you know what i'm saying like com- comedians come from tough places like yeah. you have to have a fucked up background in order to laugh at it kind of i, I definitely think the humor played a big role of me kind of like masking shit that i was going through maybe in my personal life did you did you feel like uh you try to use comedy sometimes to calm dad down maybe um was there anything like that you know what i mean like hey come on dad it's cool man uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean my dad was never a fan of my shit like i, I could <laughs> I could try to crack jokes, but he was just like, you know, he was a very hardworking man, you know what I'm saying? And I think I, as I got a little older, I did understand certain shit that he did or why he was that way, you know? Because when you're a man and, you you know, you know that, like, you start dealing with more women as you grow older and stresses from work and life, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that's an excuse for what he did, but it's also like, you you know, he, he, did, a, he did do a lot of things for the family. You know, he always financially did provide and this is a dude who just came to the country with like nothing, and like he really built himself up and built built this up where we can be financially stable. You know what I'm saying? Do you think hard work comes naturally to you, or is it something you've had to work on? No, I, I definitely worked on it. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I come from a family of like hard workers, but I'm, I'm not gonna say it necessarily just wore off on me. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because the funny thing is, I cl- I've clowned you when we've worked in the past. I've clowned you for being lazy, but the truth be told is that like you're kind of quietly a really hard worker, and maybe to the point where you don't even notice it, but like. Like I look back in your past and I hear and I hear about little things that you were doing, yeah. like, uh, you know, starting open mics and shit like that. And like you have a natural work ethic that sometimes you ignore. No, no, no. For, for sure. This is what I would say. Like, you, you know me like yeah. we know each other really well, but yeah. you know me and I'm 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 a lazy dude. I really am. But the thing about it is and 
I always have this thing in me. I don't know if it comes from like whether my culture with Korean culture or like my family or something. Like I have to be doing some shit. Yeah. And I always that's why in the past years I've always done something. I've you know, whether it's organizing the bar exam or, yeah. or working on this, like projects or videos. Like every week I have to have something, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Even if it's like the most minimal shit or whatever. Like yeah. I just like I think it's a pride thing, man. Like I always had this dream and shit of leaving like some kind of legacy or like holding down my family and shit. So that kind of has this natural thing that I always have to do. Um, yeah, it, I think it kind of comes from a cultural thing, man. I, I, I do feel like you know with Koreans, there's like a lot of pride and shit like that, mm-hmm. and you know it's you always have to be doing some shit, you know? Yeah. I mean, it is kind of laziness, but I really think it's like, it's almost just like, uh, we're men of leisure. We like, we like our leisure time. And right. so I try, I mean, I know personally, and I think you're probably the same way. Like I try to get my work done really fast yeah. and do it really good, really fast. So then I have more time to chill. Right. You know right, what I'm right, saying? Right. And, and, and I have more time to fucking whatever, chase tail or fucking get drunk or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. And I think you're kind of, you're similar in that way. It's, it's scary, man, because my mom, I see a lot of similarities with my dad as I'm getting a lot older mm-hmm. like my dad was a womanizer like he cheated on my mom you yeah. know and stuff like that like wait are you saying that you have sex with people <laughs> <laughs> no i don't i mean i don't cheat and shit but, but you don't have I, a girlfriend so you don't have to worry about cheating yeah, yeah yeah and you know i definitely could see myself with those tendencies like if i had a girl like i don't know well you it's know. funny when i met you you were very pussy whipped you had a girlfriend when <laughs> i met you as a child i mean not as a child but you were like probably 18 19 right and you had like a long-term serious girlfriend and i always would kind of clown about like oh yeah this fool jonathan he's a sucker for love because then the next because then i remember when you broke up with her you had another girlfriend that you were head over heels with and it's always head over right, heels right. but now as you've gotten older yeah like you you do pretty good with the girls when, when did that become a part of your life like did you know you were pretty good with girls early on or what? No, honestly, I'm not even that good with girls, man. Honestly, I just enjoyed the perks of being semi kind of famous. <laughs> semi famous. Yeah, like, if there's anyone that's been able to take advantage of that, it's you. I mean, like like I told you, like you know, I grew up dating Latina girls yeah. and um and only in the last like three, four years have I really enjoyed the perks of like Asian chicks. Of being a K pop star. <laughs> not even <laughs> Not even a K-pop star, but that's real. Like, I, you know, I think I have game, but, like, you know, everybody has something they do to get pussy. Yeah. Like, every, you have to have a trade, you know? Like, yeah, I, yeah. you know, I saw a good quote, like, somebody tweeted was, like, everybody pays for pussy. Choose your payment pa- plan. Yeah, You yeah. know what I'm saying? So, like, you got to have some kind of skills. So, like, um, you know, even ugly dudes pull pussy because they have something, you know? So, it's like, yeah, like, I love... Talk, like I'm good at talking to women in a certain level, but there has to be like I think you and I both have the just kidding game. Like I put my quote fingers up for just kidding, yeah. where it's like we'll say some outlandish and go, oh, "I'm just kidding." You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> That's true. We both do have the just so kidding you, game. So you try to like push the line as far as you can yep. and see what what you can cross, and then go, oh, "I'm just kidding," unless they say yes, and then you're like, "Okay, cool. I'm not kidding anymore." Well, like, I, I think we're good at just gauging people yeah, in general. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, that's like the industry we're into. Mm-hmm. What we do. I mean, um. But like, yeah, I I knew that I I didn't have like that much game too at times, you know, because like I I go out with like Breezy and Jose who are really actually really outgoing and they're really good at talking to girls too, you know, and like well, don't dry snitch on anybody. No, 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 just talk, <laughs> and just talking to girls, just yeah, talking yeah. to girls, and we we go out like I remember when we're out on tour and shit. I'm like, oh, we're gonna be three amigos just picking the girls up, and like there'll just be times I'd be shy as fuck to go talk to a girl, yo, really? yeah, like I mean I definitely got used to just like setting these traps and they come and like yeah. like we'll be out and about and I'm yeah. waiting for like a girl to come up or something you know right I feel you let's start talking about your little journey into the rap world because like even before all the social media stuff really took off and the YouTube channel took off 
you always had pretty smart marketing ideas, which became kind of a common theme in your career when I look back. Like so, what? Well, like, <laughs> well, like, uh, for example, rather than just putting out a fucking EP full of songs, it was like, oh, let me make an EP that's all video game based. Oh, right, right, right. right you know right. what I mean? You were always thinking, even back then, before you met, before you met the people that really like became part of the team that helped you yeah, yeah. achieve what you achieved. You had these clever ideas that where you were like, yo, I'm gonna make this video game EP because uh, IGN is gonna post it and it's gonna be fucking right, right, tight. Right, like, right, I'll right. get all these fans that nobody else has. Like little shit like that. So first and foremost, tell me, like, did you grow up listening to the rap music? Is that what you were always into? Um. Um, rap was definitely the first type of music I listened to. Um, and I got into it late, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you know, like when, it was, when I was growing up in L.A., it was like you listen to Power or like K-Rock. Mm-hmm. And I was like more on the hip-hop side. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't grow up listening to much rock until like later I got a little older. But yeah, I, I grew up listening to the radio. Mm-hmm. But I, I wouldn't say I was a huge rap head. Like I was going out you, buying you, CDs or tapes. Was like music a big part? Like music wasn't no, no, like on the no. forefront of your mind. No, definitely yeah. not. Yeah. Like my, I don't come from a, a family of music. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like my mom and my dad, like, you know, they love music, but they're mm-hmm. not like, they didn't put me on to like soul records and shit. Like right. a lot of like fa- kids I know and shit. You yeah. Know? Do you think like your penchant for being able to rap came more from like just growing up playing the dozens and clowning on people? Yeah, I, I would say so. Like you get a certain rhythm with that right like clowning becomes a certain there's a, there is a rhythm. there's a rhythm to it and timing then, timing and um and it kind of teaches you cadence for rapping too for sure i think also not even just the cadence of rapping but what draws people to your lyrics you know right, what i'm saying like right. what will people relate to and how you say it or whatever and angles that, angles yeah 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 and that's uh yeah man i mean i i always say this like i i still feel like such a brand new student to like rap I yeah. still, even though like at this point I've been technically doing it for a long time, but I got into uh, writing lyrics and you know um, actually recording a lot later. Yeah, because like I said, like I was still pretty lazy in a sense where I was like trying to always do the easy way out, and freestyling was yeah. that kind of thing, you know. Yeah, like, and, and that was the thing is that early on when I met you, it was like you were getting enough um, notice just from even not having music, just from like being on stage and being funny and being able to freestyle. Like that was getting you kind of enough where you could rest on your laurels a little bit, right? You know right. what I mean? But that only lasts a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So when did you start freestyling? I started freestyling when I was like fifteen. I would yeah. say. Um, you know, like in my in my neighborhood, like in K Town and MacArthur Park area, there was actually like little hip hop like boys and girls club type shit where they would bring in these OGs and shit. So I remember the first like mentors was like DJ Mark Love from like Universal Zulu Nation to like mm-hmm. Easy Rock from um, Rocksteady LA crew, and they had these like OGs like come and uh, you know. Sh- talk to kids and get them invo- like involved in extracurricular activity like inner city kid shit yeah. you know what I'm saying and, and uh, so you learned to pop and lock before you learned to <laughs> my little sister and Mimi uh, they were pop and lockers dude oh, really? yeah they I have old videos of them in like puma F- track suits fedoras and shit like puma track <laughs> yeah, suits yeah. like literally pop locking yeah um, that's crazy yeah, but I, I actually was drawn to emceeing. Like, yeah. I remember we were there, and they would ask these kids, like, what they wanted to get into, mm-hmm. and I immediately went to the MC shit. Did you find yourself excelling at freestyling pretty quick, or or was it something you really had to work at? No, nah, I, I remember I was excelling, like, pretty quick, I would say. I, don't, I mean, I was definitely working on it, but I was never shy of sounding whack. Yeah. Like, I, I'm never shy of doing that kind of shit. Like, I just love putting stuff out and people listening to me. You know what I'm saying? So I, maybe that's, you know, fucked up a lot of quality control for me at, throughout my career, too. But mm. I've, I've always loved putting stuff out because, dude, life is short to me, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, why the fuck, you know, hold back on shit? Like, yeah. Well, I mean, it's still to this day, you're the motherfucker that'll get drunk and hop in a cypher, too. Uh, anywhere. Yeah. 
Anyway, I, it's died down. It's died down. It's definitely died down. It's a cloud so hard because here's this dude with like a hundred thousand Twitter followers <laughs> jumping into a fucking cipher on sunset with random people and shit. We're like, what the fuck? It's definitely died down though. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so you start freestyling and then like, yeah, I don't know. As a 15 year old, did you just fall? You just like got into it. I did. I, I got into it. I, you know, I, I loved, like, I loved attention, bro. Yeah. I was a little attention whore in it. Yeah. Uh, I'd go to open mics. Uh, what open mics did you find out about first? I remember my first ever show was actually at Luna Soul Cafe, which is in MacArthur Park. And that was actually the same building that I eventually moved into later on in the Asbury. Mm. It was actually the bottom cafe, like in the front. Yeah, yeah. That used to be like a really known, like political, like vegetarian cafe. That was my first show. Mm. And then um, I would go to open mics and stuff like Juice, uh, which was an event. Like it was like a thing in MacArthur Park. And I went to Project Blowed eventually. How old were you when you found out about Project Blowed? I was like uh, 15, 16. It was like early. It was like right when I actually started. Mm. So I was still new, but like it was like a year after I started Poly or something. It was like James already there. Yeah. James was there the first day I went to Project Bloat. Yeah. He was already in a cypher and I was like, I was a dude. I was a huge fan of James, bro. You already knew who he was? No, I didn't know who he oh, was, but yeah. I was I was like automatically a huge fan because he stood out so much. Yeah. Like I remember I was hugely influenced by him because I just thought he was so particular. Like he was like kind of like a nerdy like really smart dude yeah you know it was kind of like when you first see a cat like um like kind of like idea or something yeah you know what i'm saying he felt like an ideas-esque yeah well because particularly at that age well still but like back then when he was like super hungry to fucking freestyle it was right. like man he was saying some off the wall shit like his compare like his similes and stuff right. were like so creative and he was so thoroughly la like freestyling about boba juice and shit you know what right, i mean like right. shit that fools that weren't from la weren't yeah. knowing about you know yeah he was articulate like he was he was a really interesting character to yeah. see and um i just thought it was like a cool look because at the time i was so into like you know like rhyme sayers and yeah. shit like that yeah. and seeing a cat who kind of looks like that but like he's in south central yeah. and, and he and he's he was like the first dude in la that i saw was like kind of in that realm yeah with like rhyme sayers i felt like how did you find out about rhyme sayers um, about Filipinos in like high school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, like when I was in freshman year, I, uh, like I went to two schools, like I went to Belmont and I also went to Marshall. Yeah. Marshall is like a school in Los Feliz and like Silver Lake area. So it was kind of crazy. Like, I, I feel like that kind of molded me. Cause like I, I had this like hood side with like Latinos and like MacArthur park and shit like that. And then the other side of me was the hipster side yeah. where I hung out with kids in like Silver Lake and like Los Feliz. And that put me up on like you know rock bands and also like underground hip-hop like yeah. anticon and rhyme sayers and shit like that yeah so i hung out with the, like, these filipino kids put me up on like all the underground shit this is the underground shit when you first felt like oh man i finally have found my shit like did you like really delve into uh, it super yeah i was an underground kid i remember it, that discovery like that feeling of like oh man i have found my shit yeah bro like i was like Really, I was I was on the dose one shit. Yeah. Like I was underground as fuck. Yeah, like yeah. it was crazy. And um, yeah, I mean that's you know that was even before I even knew about Project Blood. I, I got I knew found out about Rhymesters all that shit way before Project Blood. Yeah, same. And then um, yeah, and then I went to Project Blood and saw the freestylers, and I was pretty amazed, man. Who else was there the first night? That's still a familiar face to you. Was Billy there? Was Kale there? Um, I don't remember if Kale was there first uh, first day, but he was yeah. definitely there a few weeks. At, like, yeah, you know, I remember him specifically um, yeah. standing out. Why not was there? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Oh, Riddler was there. Oh, okay. Oh, Riddler was like, man, that fool was crazy dope. I got to say, man, Riddler was one of my earliest um, memories of a crazy freestyler. Why? What stuck out to you? I don't know. Like, he was just so good. Like, um, wait, he just kept going at it. Yeah. James, I felt like he was very articulate and smart. He had dope lines, but... He he was so like f- focused on rhyme schemes in the early days. I, I felt like sometimes the flow wasn't like right. fully there. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. But like Riddler, like he just didn't give a fuck. He went in. It was a, kind of like a train of thought flow. Like I would say James isn't really like a train of thought uh, type of flow. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I think he sees lines like four bars ahead he of time and, get, and gets himself to yeah. them. Yeah. Whereas like some people just are going literally yeah. with whatever word is and popping that, into their head. That's actually more Project Blow dudes. More Project Blow dudes are train of thought kind of flow. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like like otherwise or something. You yeah. Know? He was one of those who's otherwise who was there. Yeah. Um. I I mean, I I like the vibe of a lot of the the younger cats when I went to Blow. Like James and his crew, weird people and shit like that. Yeah. What was it like? Were you the only Asian kid there? No. Oh, actually, the first day I went there, Lyraflip was already rapping in there. Oh, Lyraflip was there? Lyraflip was the only Asian motherfucker rapping. There were other Asian kids filming. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, literally, they were mad. At the time, there were so many people filming at Project Blow. I'm really surprised not that much footage has surfaced. Has surfaced from it, yeah. Because, like, I remember, like, every week I would go in those early days, there were so many people filming. And that's probably when cameras were first becoming kind of accessible, like, video cameras. It was, like, mm-hmm. high 8 yeah and like mini dv it was transitioning into mini dv yeah, yeah. but it was mainly like high eight mm-hmm. and um and that's how when i went with a friend who took me there for the first time he was a filipino kid who would always film every week so he has like he's sitting on some crazy shit but mm. uh i remember i went and literal flip was the only dude in the cypher i'm not gonna lie he was like not that likable why? Because he was aggressive as fuck, but everybody, he kind of always got shunned down. I remember, I remember Lyra Flip, like, seeing early videos of him and being yeah. like, dude, that kid seems like a dick. And then being yeah. so surprised by how fucking nice he is, but it's because yeah. his rapping was aggressive. That's and, like, true. kind of, like, you could tell he grew up listening to gangster rap. It, you know? It's so crazy because Lyra Flip is, like, the nicest He's dude, the nicest. But you're right. Like, I remember when I first saw him, I, I he was an likable dude. Yeah, yeah. Like, he wasn't automatically, like, someone who stood out in my head or, like, I, he was like, He oh. seemed like the bad guy. He was a heel. Yeah, but and I, I respect Lyra because he he did not give a fuck. Like yeah. he really did would battle with people, whatever, whether he gets served or not. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like he'd battle, he'd just go for it. Yeah. Who was your first battle against? At the Bloat? Sure. Or just, yeah, sure. At the Bloat. Damn. I, I don't remember. I, I don't remember. Yeah. I don't, I remember I, you know, I, I think battling at the Bloat took me a little longer yeah. because I was like very intimidated over there. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I used to battle a lot just at house parties and shit, you know, cause I felt confident of where I was, my surroundings and who I was. Yeah. But when I went to the Bloat, I really evaluated myself. It's as a, a whole different style. level there. It was, yeah. it definitely was. I mean, just not even a level of rhymes and shit, but also like just the aggressiveness and confidence. Like it was intense man like it was really hard to just jump into a cypher i felt like yeah but then you start opening you start doing your own open mics right yeah i started a little open mic in k-town yeah called g kun flow i never realized that that was you i thought that was that one dude it is Khan. kubla oh yeah kubla yeah it was him it was him but he got me involved in it like i was there the first week he started it i was like the dude who kind of Helped him get get it going because yeah. I was like pretty much the most aggressive Korean freestyler in K Town at the time. Yeah. So like he needed someone like what me a to- title to have. I was the most <laughs> aggressive Korean freestyler. <laughs> no, it, it's real because none of those kids. Like honestly, that open mic was it was really tough because I had to get motherfuckers to start mm-hmm. rapping. Like I would be so aggressive, I'd be like, "Yo, get you know, hop on for don't be a little bitch, bro." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I had to get fools to get it going, and they did it. You know, it was cool. 
around the time that I met you, the people kind of running the show scene in LA seemed to be, or like for underground rap, seemed to be um, Chinky Eyed Fridays. Yeah. And you were pretty heavily involved with them. They were having you open up a lot of shows. And I met, and I remember like being like, yo, man, this full dumb fat, he doesn't even have any songs online. Why are they letting him open so yeah. many shows? And, and somebody was like, oh, yeah, they're managing him or something. And, I, and that was a rumor that's not true or whatever. Nah. But like, uh, I think people always like have a desire to look out for you and help you out because you're a likable person to be around. Why do you think that people look out for you? Like, why do you think a dude like Chinky Eye Fridays would take you under your wing and kind of be like, yeah, we're going to put you on every show? I don't know. For some reason, I always felt like I, I've always wanted more like older brother type figures. Mm -hmm. So every anytime I approach somebody, I'm never like a super cocky dude. Like I always felt like the younger dude. Yeah. But I mean, obviously and you were I'm, really. Yeah. But I'm getting older now. And obviously I'm not always the younger dude anymore. I'm actually the older dude. But yeah. I always I still feel like I kind of present myself a little bit like I'm I'm. I don't know, for some reason, I still feel like that kid who's on the come up, like, you yeah. know what I mean? And I, with them, I also treated like that. I was very humbled, and I, I was, like, very, like, yo, you know, please, I'm hungry, blah, blah, like, yo, let me eat and do this, you know? Yeah. And I just showed mad love, and I, I, I knew how to deal with cats, and I always, I, even with Chinky Eye, too, I always felt like, you know, I was, like, the cool little Chino, you know what I'm yeah. saying? I was the one cool Asian kid who was, like, grew up with Latinos. So I, I always had that kind of vibe with them, too. So. And I think I ask you that question in, in some, like, explore why why people like to help you out. Because, like, kids always reach out to us asking for help. And, like, generally, giving help is something that you don't, maybe, like, humans don't naturally want to do that. But if you act right. People will want to help you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you get opportunities if you act right. I mean, yeah, and definitely, I, I definitely want to see something in you that makes me want to help you. Like I, I mean, dude, I feel like when I see dope cats and I, I really fuck with them or I believe in them, like I want to help them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm in whatever capacity I can. Yeah. But, um, I just feel like it's one of those things you have to meet that person halfway a little bit too. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you got to show something. Like, I guess like when people ask for advice and help, it's like the only real advice I can give is like be a fucking cool person that like be nice, be cool, but like be somebody that people want to be around. It's crazy how simple that is though. Yeah, you know? but it's like this certain intangible that like you can't learn to be somebody that people like want to hang around with. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's definitely just something that you, I but don't know. The things that blocks it is like ego and pride. Like pride fucks up people so much, man. Yeah, most definitely. That shit, you know, some people, that's why people can't be helped. Yeah. When people have that, you know. And I think that's the cool thing about you is that you, whether or not you liked learning in school, I think that you are inherently a lifelong learner and you are curious and to a point where I would clown the fuck out of you because you'd be like, hey man, why do you think that this works this way? Like we, like about random shit, like, like stupid shit. Like you'd be like, wait, why? Do, why do you think that looks like that? How does photosynthesis work? Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> really the kind of, the kind yeah, of shit. Yeah. Like, what do you think about this? Uh, I mean, but, but you know, it, you it is, are you're a lifelong learner, though. Yeah, but the thing is, it's crazy because I, you know, I didn't learn a lot of basic shit at school. <laughs> like really, so I do ask those kind of things, like yeah. Bill Nye questions. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Talk to me about, you met a dude who became a big influence in your life and you guys kind of became early adopters into the YouTube shit. Mm -hmm. And um, I was actually there for, I was there as a part of your first big viral video that you, you had a great yeah, idea for. And you're that, in it. <laughs> yeah, I'm in it. Be, I'm the overactor in it. And to this day, people still ask me if that was real. And I think, do you think the, the uh, statute of limitations is up where we can just admit that like... Yeah, it's not real. Yeah, the video is not real. The, the spinning I kick. I told people it's not real, but sometimes I'll fuck with them and be people like, yeah, People still real. ask me. They're like, wait, yo, was that kick real? 
But so, yeah, you had this great idea. Uh, and I feel like this was kind of the beginning of taking the early ideas that you had and really um, making them culminate into something that, that could exist yeah. you know, and, and be a force. And so you had this idea to do a rap battle and like have a stunt double come in and kick somebody in the face. But we filmed it so that it looked real. Right. And it went viral. Yeah, I get. I mean, it didn't go like crazy viral as uh, you know, if you compare it to viral videos now. Now, but at the time, yeah, not not even just at the time, but I guess for someone who didn't have any videos on his yeah. channel, like that was a good you know launching point. Well, and also when it happened, we were all in a kind of state where like, oh man, YouTube is whack, dude. Like yeah. these fools that are rapping on YouTube are whack. What? Well, not even whack. I just didn't even know about yeah. that scene. Like I swear to God, I didn't even know about it. Like somebody put me onto it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And like it was like literally that was a trip to see that there was a world beyond that. Cause yeah. When that video came out, that viral joint actually like some real dope like hip hop heads were hitting me up. You know, like Alchemist like was like, what? Yo, was that shit? Right? Yeah. <laughs> like me and Ev have like a bet right now. Like you yeah, know what I'm saying? I like, remember that. So that was a trip, dude. Well, and it was kind of like this perfect storm for you going on because you had another good idea with the grind time shit where you're like, yo, I want to do an Asian versus Asian battle because like you kind of inherently understand SEO, I think like you understand virality and like things that will catch. I, you know, I, I don't, but I, f I feel like I do because like, you know, Lush presented that battle to me. Yeah. And then at first I was like, nah, man, I'm not really trying to battle. Cause you know, like at the time, I'm not going to lie. Like I just didn't want to. I, I I was always nervous about battling, man. Mm -hmm. You know, it was, I wasn't always a confident dude in battling. It was just things that I kind of forced myself to do. Yeah. Um, as like a challenge or whatever. And with that, when he presented me that battle, I was like, ah, I don't want to do it. And then I I thought like literally it took like five ten seconds. And I was like, wait a minute, like this could be kind of a cool thing because I remember how what, what kind of battler tantrum was. Like he was in the league with like the Bay Area dudes who were like super punchliney, you know, like the source with multi- well, He was very like angry. Yeah, but, but very like multi-syllabic and yeah. shit, you know, which is kind of was like the new era of like battle rappers, yeah. right? So, and I was kind of going towards that direction too. So I was like, this could be interesting. So I accepted the battle. Yeah. And then when, when, when we did it, I didn't realize how good it was going to be. You know? Right. It's interesting too, like that you say that you weren't confident in battles because I, I remember going to see you battle a few different times. Like I talked about it uh, with Mike uh, on the last podcast, but one time like in Irvine, you were battling like you and Lear Flip and shit. And then like I remember um, at this small little record store where like Pharaoh Monch was hosting. Oh yeah, and you remember that? And, yeah, like, yeah, with Element. Like, yeah, and that's the whole thing is like even back then like. Your intangibles stick out to people because, like, you do have a few different angles going for you. Like, one, you're Korean, which is, like, very different in the underground right. hip-hop scene. Two, you're funny. Like, people fucking, they root for you. You got the underdog thing going on for you, kind of, in battles, too, which helps. You know what I mean? Right. And so, even Pharaoh Monch, like, was like, oh, my God, he reached out to you and wanted to lend a helping hand, gave yeah. you his phone number. And at the time, we were like, holy shit, Jonathan's about to make it. Pharaoh <laughs> Monch likes him. Like, fuck. Right. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, yeah, it's interesting that you that you say you weren't a confident battle because you always seemed very confident you were good you were good at it i mean it was just i was i mean my heart would be pumping i'd be super nervous up there you know and i, I think a lot of even the rhyme stuff kind of came last like it was me like being up there and like being able to talk to people but the rhyming part was like the last thing that came to my right. feet when i was battling almost. right like it was crazy so it was like right after the asian battle at the time it got like a hundred thousand views which for battling at the time on youtube was crazy that was a crazy amount right. and now they get like millions of views right, but regularly. At the time, that was the first grind time video to hit a hundred thousand views which sure. was crazy and so it was like this perfect storm and all of a sudden you realize like this youtube market is something that you could capitalize on and then all these good ideas start so just kind of talk about that journey it was interesting man you know um i was working with uh, uh Brian, who's like, we both know, and he, you know. He, How did you guys meet? We met through actually Toki Monster. Uh -huh. Toki Monster went to like college with him, uh -huh. like UC Irvine, um, and 
she just introduced me to him because he was doing like pictures at the time, photographs. And I was like, okay, I'll use some press photos. And I met him and, you know, uh, he just started talking to me about my like five-year goals and stuff. And I was like, okay, I was like, I don't really have, you know, crazy goals. And I didn't really, like, I was always kind of like going with the flow type dude. Um, And then he started, you know, telling me like, you know, we should shoot videos, put it out on your own channel because I didn't have any content on my channel. And he just started telling me about this world of YouTube, which I still didn't really care and or really think that it was anything. And as I started making the videos and then I started seeing more of a vision of like that world. So that's when I started collabing with some of the YouTube people and it helped me kind of gain subscribers and, and a momentum. You guys kind of went on like a boot camp almost where he moved you up to the Bay for a while. Yeah, I lived with him for in the Bay for a few months. And he, you know, we definitely was like almost shooting something every every day and putting me through like a little boot camp. He was definitely one of the, the only disciplinary figures in my life, I would say, for sure. Yeah, he was a big brother to you, but also became like, in a way, even though he's only a few years older, he became kind of like a bit of a father figure almost. No, no, for sure. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, definitely, man. I mean, I, I don't even, like, it's weird. Like, I, I don't know what role that is, I feel like, you know. It's just someone, like, more of a, just a mentor. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. Brian was a good mentor to you, and it was it, it came right at the right time. He, he was super intense, but it was kind of like what I needed, I would say, for, for my personality, because I was always able to bullshit my way out of stuff uh-huh. with anybody, counselors or parents. You know, I could like I could drop out of high school and pretend like I was the state let me go because I was too smart. <laughs> I needed to graduate earlier because I was like a genius. Yeah. Uh, but like Brian was those one of those dudes that I couldn't bullshit. Like uh-huh. I could like be like, oh, check. And he'd be like, checkmate. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. Well, take me through like the things that happened after the spin kick. Then what happened? Um, We just started making content like on a regular basis. And people started fucking with it. You know, uh, it started with the battle fans. Yeah. Starting to subscribe to my stuff and seeing that I was doing stuff. And then it eventually expanded outside of that. Yeah. Well, I remember you guys had some like forward thinking ideas like um, Jam Session 2.0 went went kind of viral. Like in hindsight, it's not hugely viral. But at the time, 200,000 views was a shitload. Like I said, like like it was a different world back then. All these things were MSNBC picked up on. Yeah. All those things were little things that helped, you know, kind of put the bigger puzzle together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I definitely think that all those little things played a part. Yeah, know, yeah. For sure. Um, and then you know, I started linking up. I started meeting people on, on YouTube like Wax and uh, Timothy DeLaghetto and yeah. these people that I actually collabed with. And they actually helped me, um, you know, gain more and more subscribers. What like, was it like when you fell in love with Wax? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Shout out to Wax. We just pranked him on you, the phone. You know what's so ago. funny yeah. is that when Brian first played me Wax, yeah. he was like, oh, this is one of the dudes on YouTube. Yeah. And he played me the car freestyle. Yeah. I, I didn't even like it. I didn't even like it. Really? Yeah. I was like, this shit's whack, you know? And then, and I, I went back to, I think it was just because literally like people have this block without even like, it's like, you don't even listen really. Yeah. And you just automatically hate because of a certain vibe or whatever. Yeah. And I hated it at first. I was yeah. like, yo. And then I listened to it. I was like, wait, this guy's actually kind of spitting bars. Like, yeah. he, you know, he said lines like, you know, you turn it down like a pill jar. Like, you know, yeah. he had these little things. I was like, holy shit. Like, I remember him getting talked about on rapmusic.com back in the day and seeing the videos and my initial instinct being like, that's lame. He's a YouTube rapper. Like, he's not really out here on like right. grinding and getting shows. 
that was my initial instinct. But then I, and I listened and I went, wait, you know what? This is actually really dope. And I'm going to like right. go against my natural instinct to say this is lame. <laughs> and I'm going to listen to more. And I was like, whoa, this kid's mad talented. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Isn't that kind of crazy how people have that kind of preconceived blah? notion? Yeah, dude, it's so crazy. Like without even knowing you're doing that. Well, dude, it's a very bloatian thing to be fucking negative <laughs> initially too. You think so? I think that uh, there's a lot of like, it's a kind of a bubble that you guys were in where it's like, if it ain't the blow, I'm not fucking with it. You know what I mean? Or something. Well, I mean, I think the new generation has a little less of that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because the culture we live in with so much music around us now. Yeah. What are some of the craziest things that have happened to you since the explosion, you know? I don't know. I would say, man, I like, are there times when you just step, step back and you're like, man, this is weird that this is my life right now. Yeah, for sure, man. I feel blessed, man. I definitely feel blessed, but it's not, you know, it's weird. It's it's died down a lot in the last two years. Like, because when I was first starting, it was like I was exponentially growing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, every, Eventually, you have to hit a tabletop. Yeah, I, I definitely think I hit a tabletop where right now is a very, like, experimental stage again right now where mm-hmm. I'm trying different things. And it's good that I'm... I, I feel like I am, you know, I mean, I am trying different things and seeing what works, you know, mm-hmm. and nothing's necessarily like taking, like, I haven't had a viral video in so long, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's cool. I still feel blessed and I'm in a weird place where there is a market for me because a lot of people haven't taken my spot. I feel mm-hmm. like, you know what I'm saying? Like I do shows that only a certain type of artist can get, mm-hmm. which I'm one of the, like a handful of motherfuckers that can get those kind of shows, whether mm-hmm. it's like an Asian club mm-hmm. where they want like a hip hop act. Right. You know what I'm saying? There's only a handful of motherfuckers who could take that spot, you know? Yeah. So it's like... Database being one of them. <laughs> data, yeah. Shout out to Ben. Yeah. <laughs> no, just kidding. But uh, it's cool. I I, I would say it, weird things like that's happened to me in the past year or two is like being in the K-pop world. Yeah. That's an interesting thing to me. I, I feel like I don't know how I've managed to, you know, sneak my way into there. Yeah. But I feel blessed in the sense that I could be this dude who talks about drugs, weed, and shit like that and still be in that world as well, right. which is – that's, like, very taboo. Very yeah. taboo over yeah. there. Looking back, do you feel like there were any goals or projects that were maybe a waste of time where you wish you wouldn't have gone that direction? No, nah, no. Nah, I have early projects that are fucking mad nerdy, dude, like mad nerdy and, like, super unpolished. Yeah. But, like, I – no, I think all that shit has helped me towards where I'm at now. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I – you know, there's definitely quality control and things you want to brand yourself with. But, dude, people are moving so fast. They forget about shit. They don't care. Like, they, they look forward. You know what I'm saying? People are really looking forward now. Yeah. It's kind of like it, it's it's not necessarily always the best thing. Like, le- less and less people look into the past for, like, you know, far as stuff goes. Yeah, you know? no one's trying to research your history. Yeah, yeah. They, they just want the now. Yeah, they want the now, you know. And, um and the few people that like are like, I loved your old shit or like it's 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 more like less people that are purists and shit. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that circle is very small. I mean, you can tell with like where vinyl has gone and, you know, think about the few people, you know, that are like record collectors. You know, it's like I, I love that shit, but it's less and less people. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing and w- what that's going to mean for art in the future. Mm hmm. But to me, man, I don't know, man. Life's short, bro. Like, I, you know, even with rap, it's like I love rapping, too. It's not – I don't know if this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Yeah. You know, I'm still a fucking confused – like, I still have the soul of a confused teenager, you know. And I want to do fucking everything, you know. Yeah, it's like, I mean, do you feel like you're going – like, it's interesting to hear, like, oh, that you feel like it's in a downturn. Because there are a lot of people who still look at you as, like, yo, you're one of the most cracking, like, unknowns in L.A. You know what I mean? Like, like your shit is going good. Like I said, fucking people want to give 
give you their clothing line and shit because like you do have a huge fan base and a huge social media right. um, following you know what I mean like you have a lot of opportunities presented to you because of that so it's interesting to hear that you think it's falling off but, not, but, I'm not saying it's falling not off fall, not falling off but that it's slowed down or whatever however you worded it you yeah I'm I mean? just being real I mean that's yeah. just how it if, you know people so what I'm saying is do you think you're going through a little bit of a spiritual crisis right now <laughs> no man I you know I'm very confident in who I am what I can do yeah um, I think I'll be fine yeah like I, I mean I, I really you know I'm I talk to people about this like oh I don't know what I'm gonna do in the next you know I, I gotta really do my shit now but I I'll personally like I say that shit because you know it, it you know it's something that like kind of make humbles myself but really like what I'm really thinking is like yeah, I'm gonna be fucking fine bro yeah like I know how to talk to people I, I feel like I can make opportunities happen for myself and I, I don't think I would be here if, if I didn't if, if I wasn't able to do that yeah for sure you know what I'm Actually, saying absolutely you wouldn't be here because this is a huge opportunity for you <laughs> <laughs> no I mean no, just, but real talk even no, with that's you bro true. E- even with you like you know you come we're survivors bro you know what I'm saying like we come from a, a circle of like super struggling rappers and yeah. stuff you know what I'm saying yeah. and amazing talented motherfuckers but like you know like they're not trying a bunch of different things you know what i'm saying like and one thing about us i look at there are three rappers that i've known for a long time that i consider part of my circle that will always be rapping the way that i look at it or at least always like will remain in contact and be involved somehow and that's you james and mike you know what i mean and like the four of us just played a show together and it makes sense and we were talking about this the other night when we went to dinner it's interesting that the four of us have like kept at it because we've seen so many fucking other rappers come and go right or like you know these kids who come in they get their buzz for a couple months and then it just dies because they don't keep it up because we come from a different world where it's just like persistence. You we know do. what I mean? It's hard work and persistence. It is. It yeah. Is. And so, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, like, you look at all four of us. Like, we we still put out a lot of shit. Whether yeah. it's not, if, if, even if it's not just music. Like, you know, you do podcasts yeah. weekly. Yeah. I have a video weekly. Whatever mm. it is. You yeah. know what I'm saying? We're putting out stuff. Like, Mike is just a beast. You yeah, know? Mike like, is very prolific. James, he always has something. Whether it's like a weekly. And that's the thing is that. that we're all growing up and becoming rap adults. And James has his hands in, like, organizing a few different shows. Right. He's got a record label. Like, we're all figuring out how to make this a career. Whether or not the fucking fame ever gets to yeah. the, the level level that you felt yeah because you're the most famous i mean I, just, I mean no no the funny thing about it is a lot of these you know rap kids who are mad popping and shit like you know they think we're not part of that culture but we're actually the ones fucking pushing the culture forward man yeah. honestly we're like trying to put a lot of those kids on you know what i'm saying like i you know i feel like i give in a lot of like kids their first fucking interviews you know what i'm saying like you too yeah you know for sure. that's so it's real shit yeah i mean i'm basically the reason Macklemore's famous the way I look at it. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> no. uh, but anyways, man, I'm glad to see you're still pushing and working on shit. And I know that things are going to work for you. And, and what all of us need to do is figure out what we really want. Cause I don't think that any of us know that we, what we want. You no. know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe that's always been like a problem. The thing is, is that when you can be good at rapping, you can be good at a lot of different shit. Cause writing is essentially it's entertainment, it's comedy, it's writing, it's, it's true. public speaking. It's like all these things that you could work into different angles. You know right. what I mean? So like, who knows? I fucking want to write a novel. I want to write a movie. I want to write all these different things. I want to host TV shows. I want to do, but I also want to rap at the base of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but it's like, I know that I need to dedicate all my fucking efforts into one thing to make it happen. But I know if I ever just did one thing, I'd be so unhappy. Right, right, right. I want to do everything. No, that's real, man. Yeah. yeah it's like, that's, you know, I, I don't know what I want, but I know I want everything. Yeah. That's like kind of where I'm at, you know what I mean? Exactly. Exactly. Like, yeah. 
All right. Well, I'm okay. getting sadder now. Yeah, don't get sadder. <laughs> okay, okay. So anyways, you're going on tour with Wax. Yeah, yeah. December. Uh, Wax and Breezy, Lovejoy, and now Anderson Pack. When you guys hear this, go to uh, what, dumbfounded.com? Uh, no, no, go to Wax's website to buy tickets for the tour. Go, so go to wax.com.com? Yeah, go to wax.com.com. <laughs> I don't know why he has that website. It's so funny. W-A-X-D-O-T-C-O-M.com. Yeah, buddy. Well, thank you for coming in, man. I had to twist your arm for this. No, you didn't. No, I did. He was like, don't fucking mention Knox Teddy. No, uh, I'm just kidding. None I of that happened. I my guts out right None now. None of that happened. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just happy that, like, you know... I want to clear the air, basically, f- when all the Noxteady shit went down, people on the internet incorrectly assumed that you and I had some crazy beef, and nah, that we just nah, stopped nah, talking, nah. and like, you guys are all idiots, and we've always been friends, and Jonathan and I have been friends since long before that, and we'll be friends forever, bro. I mean, I'm, I'm I holding mean, up a hand, Just a to clarify, sign. like, yeah. yeah, I mean... There was never any beef between us. Yeah, it's, dude, with, with Noxteady is like, uh, we're actually, me and Lee are not part of Noxteady anymore. Yeah, people don't realize that, like, there, nobody from the original team is really there anymore. Yeah, I mean, Noxteady's still going on, but it's owned by a higher company. Yeah, I, I honestly, you know, I think that both of us learned a lot from it. Oh, yeah, it, it was, was a, a dope, huge growing experience. Super, super. It, it was a great look for both of Everybody us. Everybody was a part of it, was able to go out and do something for themselves. We That's, learned so much about yeah. ourselves while doing that and what our talents were. And, like, you know, not, this conversation wouldn't be happening had, yeah. had that not happened. Grady would not have gotten any bitches. Yeah, Grady would have never Steady. been getting fucking Zero. tinder bitches <laughs> i see you grady shout out to grady shout out to zoe like knox city was a great time in our life but like you oh, guys yeah. can stop asking like we're not a part of it anymore yeah and, and jonathan and i have no beef so i'm glad that we got to come it's on still here gonna go it's still gonna be asked you know yeah like, for I still sure asked if the kick is real yeah that's true that's true <laughs> that's true forever yeah. I just got a tweet today that said, yo, it's intuition and knock steady is my favorite shit. And I'm, yeah, it's like, how do, like you, how do I sign to knock steady? That's what I get all the yeah, time. Yeah. Oh man. So much. But yeah, I don't know. It was a, it was a great time, but I just, I'm just glad that we got to clear the air that there's no beef and that we're still friends. We've just like, no. I think both of us are smart enough to let that kind of perpetuate though, because it's a good, it's a good look like to let people's no, imaginations sure. run wild. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's next? You got some videos coming out? Um, yeah, man, you know, like I'm going by this new name, Parker. I think that's important to know. Uh, hopefully I'll have my website up when this comes out next week. Uh, it's going to be whosparker.com, but you can also go to dumbfounder.com. It'll redirect you there. Are you going to change your Twitter name? I can't change my Twitter name. You can change the at. No, you can't. You can change it one time. Are you serious? I changed mine from intuition raps to at its intuition. You can change your Twitter handle one time, so you can change it. Should I change it? You won't be able to get at Parker. You might be able to get who is Parker. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. So you, you know, so there's an option, but that's a scary jump. That's dude. so scary. It's a dude. Scary <laughs> jump. That's so fucking scary. So you guys can follow him at Dumbfounded for the moment until he becomes at who is Parker possibly, and then uh, Facebook. What are you? Facebook.com/slash Dumbfounded. Yeah, I could actually change that too, but I'm kind of scared too. Yeah. About that. Yeah. And know. then of course the YouTube channel where the bread and butter is YouTube.com slash dumbfounded yeah dumb, dumbfounded yeah i'm trying to get youtube.com slash parker i actually submitted that. oh shit it's a big transition man it's a big transition it's scary it's scary. i don't care man i mean whatever dude like uh, fuck it you'll be fine the future's bright uh my name is lee some of you guys might know me as intuition you can follow me on twitter at it's intuition which i changed formerly from intuition raps uh you can follow my man behind the board ben shim making the shit sound buttery at ben. i am database database follow us as a unit at that's kind of neat Facebook.com slash kind of neat. YouTube.com slash that's kind of neat, where Dumbfounded is going to be blessing us with his presence. And then, of course, everything wrapped up in a pretty package on kindofneat.net. 
Jonathan Park, Mr. Yo, Parker, thank thanks, you for bro. coming in. Lee's my older brother, man. Yeah, he is my brother that I never wanted. <laughs> this was kind of neat. 